Water Life. Thank you, Sheila. Beautiful improvisation. Welcome to Trinity on this uh, Sunday, the 7th. It's the first Sunday in January. It is uh, Baptism Sunday, and it's 2024. And uh, I said earlier, somebody asked me what uh, this week, well, who's being baptized? I said, oh, it's Jesus. So um, this is the day. It's Baptism Sunday for Jesus, and it... Uh, John the Baptist is here and um, recalling all those calls to make way, make the path straight, free the captives, and loose the prisoners. So you're welcome this morning. I'm glad you're here. This song is called The Work of Christmas, um, poetry, um, uh, most of which is by Howard Thurman, uh, African-American theologian. The Work of Christmas. The song of the angels is stilled when the star in the sky is gone when the kings and the princes are home when the shepherds are back with their flocks the work of Christmas song is one of freedom and reclaiming God's true vision turning darkness into light when the song of the angels is stilled when the star in the sky is gone when the king the princess are home when the shepherds are back with their flocks the work of Christmas the work of Christmas the work of Christmas Thank you, Sheila, Ron, Jim, Carl, the, uh, for starting us off right this morning. The choir's in their place, uh, all ready to sing. Uh, you see Marcy Bovitz in the front row trying to cause a little trouble with her Michigan shirt on. But uh, Marcy, we love you anyway. Uh, you also see the, the Altar Guild has been here, and they have... 
Go dogs. Yeah, well, there's a lot of opinions here. Uh, the Alter Guild has been here, and they set the uh, table for us this morning, and we're honored by your presence. This is the year that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 2024, welcome. Uh, the order of service is printed for you on the bulletin. You can follow right along there, uh, and everything will be projected as well. So now, if it's uh, comfortable for you, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We raise our voices in song. Come, all you people, come and praise the Most High. <coughs> <coughs> responsive reading, our litany for this Sunday, which comes out of the book of Romans. Do you not know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into death? Just as Christ was raised from the dead, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're talking about baptism today. Need water for that. Our hymn of praise, Walk Across the Water. Oh 
Let us pray. Lord, we have accepted your gracious invitation to worship. May we find forgiveness here, and may we extend forgiveness. May we find a new beginning in this new year. May we experience your presence in bread and wine and water. Send your Holy Spirit to claim us, to inspire us, to follow, to inspire us to serve us. We pray in the name of the Christmas child who would emerge from the waters of the Jordan as the Savior of the world. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. When God began to create the heaven and earth, the earth was complete chaos and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of the Lord. Take me to the water. Take me to the water. Take me to the water to be baptized. Take me to the water. Take me to the
since very early this morning. Most of them are moving on with their day now, but thank you very much. We appreciate all of our musicians and our artists and the many ways that our, our, our worship life and our lives are made uh, more beautiful by the gifts that they share with us. So Happy New Year 2024. Happy New Year. Okay, let's start with a quick survey. How many of you made it to midnight? Okay, some of you made it till midnight. We were with our grandkids. Uh, some of us made it till midnight. Some of us didn't. Uh, and then after this little family vacation, here's a photo of my oldest grandsons on the plane. On the plane after a restful uh, vacation. There they are. Um, hope you had a good start to the new year. I only made one resolution, just one resolution for the coming year, and that was to never stay up till midnight again. But with most of my resolutions in the past, it went out the window the next night as that Husky football team caused me such distress and high blood pressure that I couldn't sleep until after midnight. So no more resolutions for me. But I do have a, a, a prediction, a prediction for 2024, and that is that 2024 will be like all the years that preceded it, and it will be like unlike all the years that preceded it. We have a presidential election that causes a little fear, anxiety on both sides of the aisle, but, you know, we've survived those in the past. We'll survive this one, too. 2024, we know that uh, every year in history is unique, and yet every year is really strikingly similar, too. Just like the story of one person or one family is unique, but remarkably the same also. In 2024, there will be sunshine and rain. We will celebrate the birth of babies, and we'll stand at the graveside to say goodbye to dear loved ones, some of whom will be in the sanctuary this morning. In 2024, there'll be great joy and great sorrow. There'll be rest and unrest. There'll be marriage and divorce. There'll be bumper crops and famine. And I'm guessing that about the same number of us will make it to midnight to welcome 2025 next December. This is also the first Sunday, not just in the year, it's also the first Sunday of Epiphany. Now, what does Epiphany means? It means revelation. And so over a period of seven Sundays, we remember how Jesus was himself transformed and how Jesus was revealed to us. You see, the birth in Bethlehem was just like every birth before it or since. A mother labored, a father paced, a baby was born, cigars were handed out. Nothing out of the ordinary except for the star and the angels and the shepherds and the Arab stargazers who came on the back of camels. I, I, I guess there was something remarkable, wasn't it? This was a foretaste of the feast to come. It was a signal that there was something different about Jesus. If we recognized it or not at that time, it was an epiphany. Epiphany. How did the Christmas child become known as the Messiah? 
How was this revealed to the people of the world? How was this revealed to the carpenter's son himself? How and when did Jesus come to understand his place, his mission, his calling to teach, to preach, to heal, to wash feet, and to die? He certainly didn't understand that calling on that first Christmas. Now, I pray that God might come to us this morning and that we might experience our own epiphany. 2024. I know many in our parish have been filled with anxiety and angst and a foreboding sense that things are not quite right in the world. That is because things are not quite right in the world. And it's been somewhat downhill since Cain killed Abel in our very first human stories. But the post-pandemic world has given us serious cause for concern. Our hearts have been repeatedly broken by scenes of natural disasters around the world, disasters that seem to be all too common. We hear a lot about the continued threat of climate change. It does not bode well for the residents of planet Earth, for our children or grandchildren. We are troubled, too, by the state of our nation. It weighs upon us when our leaders use language and exhibit behavior that would not be tolerated down the hall in the Trinity Preschool. We are troubled by yet another crisis in the Middle East. Actually, it's just a new iteration of the crisis that's been going on in Israel and Palestine for decades. We long for peace. Meanwhile, the people of God on both sides of the Gaza-Israel border suffer and die innocent families, mere pawns of the power brokers. And what can we do about it? Not a lot. What can we do about events that are happening halfway around the globe? Not a lot. So what can we do? We can follow Jesus every day. We can make a difference in our families and in our communities. We can love our neighbors and we can vote. In the opening days of 2024, we can find inspiration, hope, and an epiphany by listening to the Word of God. Be not afraid. Be faithful. Be diligent. Do good work every day. We may not be able to bring peace to the Middle East, but we can do our part to make the world a better place. 2024 offers us an opportunity to see with new eyes, to bloom where God has planted us. But before we start looking forward to the new year, I would invite you to briefly review your own life story. And what I really want to know is this. Do you remember an event that changed your life? an event that changed the direction of your life, a moment in time ever so brief that was pivotal in your journey of faith and life. Now, it might be the college you picked or the career path that you chose, a good decision or a bad decision. You chose to go left, you could have chosen to go right. Do you remember an event that changed the direction of your life? What was it? Maybe during the coffee hour you could tell one another what that event was and what that meant to you. Maybe it was when you said, I do, and you did, and you shouldn't. Maybe it was the death of a parent or a spouse, a job offer, a birth announcement. Or perhaps it was an epiphany, an aha moment 
when your eyes were opened to some profound truth, a new way of thinking, a deeper understanding of life and death? Can you remember such an event, such a moment in time that changed the trajectory of your life? Those events don't happen very often. What was yours? Every once in a while, there's an event that changed our lives. And we may or may not recognize the magnitude of that moment as it happens, but as we reflect upon the journey, it's clear to see that that moment changed everything, for better or worse. Now, on this first Sunday of Epiphany, we have just such an event, an event that will lead to death. This morning, we will witness the death of the carpenter's son. I'm not talking about the cross. No, Jesus Christ died on the cross. This morning, we will witness the death of Jesus of Nazareth and the birth of Jesus the Messiah. Two weeks ago, We were gathered right here. It was Christmas Eve. The nativity scene was before us. The tree was still up. Two weeks ago, Jesus was an infant lying in a manger in Bethlehem, nourished by his mother's milk, entertaining shepherds. There were angels singing, and all creation seemed to be rejoicing. It was two weeks ago that he was born, and today we come to church, we turn around, he's 30 years old. It seems absurd. It's hard to grasp, but then... You know, I might ask you, how fast did your children grow up? A baby three weeks ago, a man today, time is fleeting, time is relative. Jesus is 30 years old. Now, what has Jesus been up to in life? Not much. Life in a small town. Everyday routine. Every day the same. What had he done for the past 30 years? Nothing, really. He had learned to work with his hands, like his father before him. Jesus was a carpenter. That means he was a craftsman of wood and probably of stone as well. And where was he headed? Nowhere, it seemed. Outside of Nazareth, Jesus was not known. There was no reason for him to be known. But one day, he walked out of Nazareth. He walked to Capernaum. He watched the men fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And then he did something that he'd never done in his life. He just kept on walking. The word on the street was that his cousin John was preaching down by the river, the River Jordan. The wild-haired Baptist had a twofold message. The first was this. He called people to repent, which means to go in an entirely different direction. And those who were down there listening to John, their path in life was not working. Most of them were outcasts. They would not be welcome at the temple. Most of them believed what the religious people had told them, namely that they were God-forsaken sinners. You see, they were broken. They were lost. They were desperate. They were despairing. And so the call to repentance was a hopeful call. It was a forward-looking call. It meant that God was not done with them. In fact, God loved them enough to reach out to them through the prophet John the Baptist. Jesus was walking. The sun was hot. Should he keep going or should he go back? He was going to miss dinner. Mary was expecting him for dinner. And there was work to be done in the carpenter's shop. Jesus kept walking. 
He stopped and wiped his brow. He knelt down to the water to quench his thirst, and he could hear voices. He moved farther from home and closer to his death. When he finally arrived, he could hear John's call for repentance. John was preaching to those on the banks of the, of the Jordan River. He said, you've been following the way of men. You've not been following the way of God. Listen to God's calling. It's not too late. Come to the waters and experience new life. And with that, they stumbled down into the river one after another, battered and broken. They waited in line. They approached the Baptist in the water. He grabbed them by the cheeks. He looked them in the eye and he said, do you repent of your sins? Do you want to live differently? Do you want to follow God's way? And with that, every ragtag sinner and bum had tears in their eyes, and they said, yes, I will try. May God have mercy on me. May God help me, but I will try. And with that, under the water they went, head down, feet up. They gasped for air. Hopefully the old life was drowned as their sin was washed away. And everyone praised the Lord. And then... Time stopped. The clouds stopped moving. The river quit running. And John's rhythm and confidence was broken by the sight that he never expected to see. Coming toward him in the water was one that only John could recognize. It was Jesus. It was his cousin, Jesus. His playmate in younger years. His playmate in innocent days of youth. The eyes of the prophet had now been opened. You see, John had an epiphany. As he saw his cousin wading through the water, he realized that Jesus was the promised one. Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. God revealed the truth to John, perhaps even before Jesus understood the truth himself. But if this epiphany from God was true, then how could John call the Messiah of God to repent? John protested and said, no, I, I can't baptize you. You should baptize me. I can't do it. But Jesus assured him that it was good and right that Jesus would be baptized. The time had come, you see, for Jesus to go in a new direction. So John said, do you, Jesus of Nazareth, want to follow God's way? And under the water he went. Head down, feet up, Jesus gasped for air, he gasped for life, he was drowning in those waters. The sky was all he could see as the waters broke, he choked up water, and the heavens, the heavens were torn apart, the Holy Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, my beloved, with him I am well pleased. It would not be an exaggeration at all to say that the carpenter from Nazareth died that day in a very real way. Mary lost her son that day in the river. Her son would not be coming home for dinner ever again. His lathe and hammer would sit forever silent in the carpenter's shop. Her son died that day, the son she labored to bring into the world, the son whose diapers she had changed, the son who had, she had nourished at her breast and cared for for 30 years, would never return home. In the waters of the Jordan, Jesus of Nazareth had died. He repented, not of his sin, but he certainly was now headed in a new direction. 
He accepted the call to live differently, and life as he knew it was over. He walked up the shoreline, every ounce of him drenched, exhilarated and exhausted. Every facet of small-town life was gone. His time, his days, his body, his blood now belonged to God, and this mission that was before him would demand all of it. Remember now, he was 30 years old. He never preached a sermon. He never healed the sick. He never raised the dead. He emerged from the water a new man. Jesus of Nazareth was dead, and Jesus the Christ was born that day in the waters of the Jordan in his baptism. What happened then? Well, from there he would head out into the desert. For 40 days he would consider the calling and the mission that was before him a mission that would lead him to a second death, death on a cross. What happened in the river that day would change his life, and it would change the course of history. So that's our lesson for this first Sunday in Epiphany. And we say, so what? What now? What does this mean for me? What is God's word for me this morning? Does God have a particular calling for you or for me? What is it that God wants me or you to do in 2024? Well, if we return one more time to our story, we may gain some insight. In the waters of baptism, Jesus was called. He was not captured. You get the distinction? He was called. He was not captured. He was not a puppet on a string. His mind was not controlled. His actions were his own. Jesus had free will. That means he had to wake up each and every morning and make a decision. And it's the same decision that I face every morning. It's the same decision that you face every morning. Am I? Am I going to follow God's way today? Am I going to live my life for good? Am I going to keep my heart and my mind open to God's leading? Am I going to forgive as I have been forgiven? Am I going to love my neighbor in thought and word and deed? You see, there's nothing magical about baptismal water. Believe me, being baptized, even following Jesus, is not a cure for all of your problems. Christianity is not an escape from the world. It's a promise to engage in the world, to embrace the broken to love the unlovable, and it is a choice. No one could make that choice for Jesus, and no one's going to make that choice for you. Every morning and every moment of every day, you have a choice. Will I follow Jesus today? Will I follow Jesus in my school? Will I follow Jesus in my workplace? Will I follow Jesus in my marriage? Will I follow Jesus in this very moment? 2024. It's stretched out there before us. 51 weeks left. What are you going to make of the year ahead? What will you make of the years that remain in your life? On this day, we have met John and Jesus down at the river. We've been invited to repent, to go in a new direction, to let go of lifestyles and behavior that might not be healthy for us and may have left us broken. Do you want something better in 2024? Do you want to follow Jesus? If the answer is yes, then this might just be an epiphany moment in your life, a moment that changes the course 
of your life forever. It's good news. God believes in you, and you can begin anew in 2024. Amen? I'm going to invite you to stand, and we'll sing together just a closer walk with thee. our hearts now to God in prayer. Linda is going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end through your spirit we call, and our response, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, let the light of your spirit be on us and give us hope. As Jesus received his calling with the Spirit descended on him, let us also be awake to your voice, to new possibilities of our lives, 
to shedding the old that does not serve us or others and claim our new and renewed identities as people of God, servants of all. Through your spirit we call, hear our prayer. God, let us plant harmony and reconciliation deeply within the earth. May the peaceful grow in our day, peacetime grow in our day, in every nation under heaven. May people devastated by war find strength from people who understand compassion and love and who have the courage to confront evil in our time. Through your spirit we call. Gracious God, you said, let there be light. Instill joy in us as we share our gift of light to your people. May we show up with joyous hearts as we visit the elderly, the sick, and the weary. May our presence instill courage for all who are alone in darkness and fear. May we open the way of hope and possibility for those discouraged, incarcerated, and lost. Through your spirit we call. Holy One, may we speak truth in our church and in our communities. May false power be replaced with humble love for all people under heaven. May God's truth be revealed in our common prayer and tender service toward others. Through your spirit we call, hear our prayer. We pray for those who search for a vocation and a path in their lives. May all who seek find. May all who look for Christ discover God's grace and mercy. May beauty and awe unfold within our children and be renewed in those whose years are many. Through your spirit we call. Oh God, let us walk in the light and be bearers of your light to others. We give thanks to, for those who share light with the world and for your promise to always be with us. We bring these prayers to you in the name of Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Be with you. So we do. Please share a greeting with one another. Thank you uh, for sharing in that greeting of the peace. After the service, come right over in the gym for coffee hour, time of coffee and cookies and refreshment. Share stories with one another. You might have an opportunity to uh, start a conversation with uh, by telling that story of an event that changed your life. Also on the narthex, you'll see a brand new art display uh, featuring uh, artwork and poems that uh, Laura Camby and Marcy Bovitz have put together. Uh, Laura has written many poems out there, and she's happy uh, if you take time to look at those or take pictures of them, if you, you're welcome to that. She'll also give you hard copies if you'd like, but a beautiful display out there. Um, so take, take an opportunity to do that. Lots of announcements in your bulletin. Read it every week. We don't read everyone to you, uh, but we en- would encourage you to take note of what's happening in the congregation, ask questions, get involved. Now we have a congregational meeting coming up. It says in the bulletin that it's the 21st. 
but we're actually going to have it tomorrow at 4.30, right here, uh, 4.30 tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's the Huskies game. I'm kidding. It, the bulletin is right. It's the 21st. The 21st is our annual meeting. We have two uh, congregational meetings every year, one in January and one in June. Uh, elections in June, and in January we have a review of budgets for the year, review of the past year, and goals for the next year. So if you'd come out on the 21st, that'd be great. I'm going to call on Miss Lana, our volunteer coordinator. I didn't move it last time, and they said I, they couldn't hear me. So um, two announcements today. It's going to snow. No, no, that wasn't my announcement. Sorry. Um, we are in a need of a lot of volunteers for January, um, like ushers for sure. And so if you are able to help in any way, the signups are in there. Um, it sure would help uh, us so that we, we're not scrambling and calling people. Um, so that would be great. So you can talk to me if you're not sure what you could help with, and we can always get you hooked up. Okay? Now the second one. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Third Thursday luncheon, January 18th. Right? Yep. Yep. January 18th at noon. Um, we were trying to think of a good theme, and our first thought was um, something to keep our New Year's resolutions of um, not eating as much, but that wouldn't be very much fun. So this is going to be one of those uh, meals where if you tried to cut back, if you're trying to cut back on carbs, you had to take a day off because it is New Year's noodles. So main dish, salads, um, anything, dessert. I know I'm not supposed to say that. Um, but uh, noodles. So just keep that in mind. Try a new recipe on us. That'd be great. And um, I hope that everybody comes out because we always have a great time. So, thank you. Good morning. We have a new brochure for Sunday Forum. Sunday Forum is at 9.30 down the hall in the fireside room every week. Uh, next Sunday, um, well, I'll be down there talking about end-of-life planning at Trinity, so talking about funerals, memorials. We'll have a representative from the endowment committee down there uh, talking about end-of-life gifts and legacy. So lots of um, great conversations next week and a lot of really good things coming up. So I encourage you to pick one of these up from the table in the narthex. And then a few fun things coming up this Thursday evening, the 11th, we will have our family fun night. So we'll meet here at six o'clock in the gym for dinner and then um, we'll play some games. So I have an assortment of games that I'll bring down and then you can bring your favorite game from home and share that with others who are here. So just a good time to get together with um, friends of all ages. So everybody's welcome this Thursday at six for dinner and games. And then on Friday morning, we're starting our six week grief group. So we're gonna be meeting from uh, 10 o'clock to 11.30 on Fridays down in the fireside room down the hall. There is a sign-up sheet on the table in the narthex, 
Uh, if you're comfortable writing your name down on that, that would give us an idea of how many people we've got coming so we can be prepared. Uh, but it's not required that you sign up ahead of time. So if you're interested, just join us in the Fireside Room this Friday at 10 o'clock. And one more announcement. Our high school students are heading back to Holden Village in May for May Youth Weekend, a time to get together with um, a couple hundred high school students from all around the area up at Holden Village. And we need to be signed up for that by January 28th. So if you have a high schooler in your life who might be interested in going up to Holden with us, please let me know and I'll be sure to get you all of the uh, important information. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lana, and thank you, Deacon Amy, for that. Final word would be about communion. Uh, most important word, all are welcome. All are welcome. doesn't matter where your journey is taking you. doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. It uh, doesn't matter if you've ever worshipped with the Lutherans before. It's not a Lutheran table. It belongs to Jesus. We just work here. We set the table, and we serve you. You come by that invitation. So please know that you're welcome to come. You'll, the ushers will help you all to come down the center aisle. And there you'll approach a baptismal font, our little Jordan River. And given the importance of this day, you might consider as you approach that font, I've been in the Jordan River many times with many of you, many people from our parish. And before those people are immersed to either be baptized or affirm their baptism, I ask them a simple question. Is it your desire to follow Jesus Christ the rest of your life? So as you come forward towards that font, you may consider that question yourself. would encourage you to touch the waters, make the sign of the cross on your forehead as you receive uh, the bread and wine of communion. You'll receive the host, hold on to it momentarily, then you'll intinct it, dip it into the chalice. All the chalices have grape juice today. Uh, most importantly, know that you're always welcome. We're going to transition towards the table at this time. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and cultures and denominations this day across the globe. As we do so, we remember a Thursday night in Holy Week. In an upper room in Jerusalem, Jesus was gathered with those who would betray him. On that night, he took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, Gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. You've been fed. You've been forgiven. You've come out of the waters of baptism. Now go out those doors and make a difference where God has put you this week. Find your place of ministry and service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now our ascending hymn, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Thank you.